1: I
0: the, I the
2: From the Vegas Strip, here's RJ Bell.
0: I'm AJ Hoffman with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. College football playoffs tomorrow. Michigan, what could change between now and then? Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson doesn't practice today after limping badly yesterday. Market downgrades the Ravens. Four and a half point underdogs hosting the Rams. The Nuggets have a COVID outbreak. The Warriors Nuggets game postponed. Is there any stop to this? We'll discuss all that and more. Here's a here Cubs, a full hour of the Vegas Truth, covering all that and more. Again, not R.J. Bell, but I am, A.J. Hoffman, live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday on 225 FSR stations all around the great, great nation. In studio with me, the only, the one and only, two-time winner, of the Super Contest. Mr. Steve Fezzik, once again. Steve, how you doing, my man? I'm
2: excellent. You know, I think you might have a secret love for Harbaugh, unlike R.J. Bell, who does not like the Harbaugh's listing that Michigan was favored. Of course, it's Georgia. Georgia that's favored against Michigan, still laying 7.5. Yeah,
0: no love for Harbaugh. That was clearly (laughs) a uh, a, a misthought. (laughs) Uh, That is going to be the Vegas lead, though, the college football playoffs, and... Surprise! We're not going to be on air tomorrow. We are, uh, you know. S- Scott Shapiro, the man upstairs, said, "Hey, you guys have earned it. Take a day off." So I'm going to take the day off. But th- there's going to be college football played, so we got we got to talk about it. And Alabama still holding strong as a 13 and a half point favorite. I don't know if I. Th- I guess I thought by now. There would be some money come in on Alabama. And I, I you and I have kind of discussed this game a lot off the air. And I can I think you can make a really good argument for both sides of that number. they're like if you just go off of of power rankings, nobody's power rankings are gonna say that Alabama's 14 points better than than Cincinnati. A- I a-
2: absolutely not. And it- you're gonna get more at to ten and a half. And then the question you need to ask over this past three weeks. Is Alabama with all those great athletes? Are they getting better? I actually think it's a it's a very rational argument. They've been there. They've been there with the with with the brightest lights. They're used to this kind of preparation and these sort of games. And the question is, how much is that worth? Is it worth three points? Is it worth five? I don't know.
0: Here's the thing, and we talked about this yesterday, uh, and maybe this was off air too when we were talking about the Cheese It Bowl with Clemson, and it's. <laughs> It's funny. I was say I was looking at the the preseason college football odds. Clemson was second in the odds preseason. Iowa State was sixth. There was a lot better chance that they would be playing in the playoff games tomorrow than they would be playing in the Cheez It Bowl. If you told each one of those teams,
2: you know, you're going to be if you told Iowa State you're going to be playing Clemson.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. All, all right, we I was Iowa arrived. State just had the best year in program <laughs> history. No, you're playing in the Cheez-It Bowl, friends. Um, not that there's anything wrong with not, that. Yeah, listen, Cheez-Its are Cheese. a fine snack. Cheese. It's a fine Cheese. snack. Uh, che- Cheez-Its also good when dipped in Duke's mayo is what I what I heard today. I think Mike Bullock no. Jr. said that.
2: Mayo's vile stuff.
0: Oh, even Duke's mayo? Vile. It's, it's tangy. May as well be liver. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking about that game, and... It's easy to forget because Clemson didn't have the year that we thought they would have they were still nine and 13 I guess they finished 10 and three most most programs if that's your down year, hey, 11 straight years, 10 wins. Yeah, you're okay with that um but obviously not what Clemson had had hopes for coming into the season. but when you have a certain amount of time to prep and when the season's going on after game one, You've got to start thinking about what's coming up next. Who's who's banged up? Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? You know, there's there's lots of stuff that goes into things. How do we do? We need to limit this guy's carries. Should we take the red shirt off this? There's so many mm-hmm. questions that happen throughout the season. And what, is it a sandwich spot? Is this a good spot for them? Bad spot for them? When you give a team six weeks and say all you have to do is prepare for this football game it's it's almost it, it makes sense to buy on the team that has more talent and has better coaching because when all else all the the mitigating factors that go into a football season are taken out and it's just one game don't you want the team with the better players and the better coach
2: I think it depends
0: uh, now It depends on motivation and things like that. Exactly. I agree with you. There's no motivation angle.
2: Final four championship, I agree one hundred percent. If you dial back to some of the earlier bowls,
0: sure. The cheese it bowl, you could make an argument.
2: I would I really think it is motivation. Look no further than the, the armed forces that always kick butt in the bowl games. Why? Because Army, Navy, and Air Force never mail it in. They never spend preparation on the beach before their bowl game. That um, some other teams might do
0: well, and they don't have guys opting out for the NFL. Like they're, it's their Super Bowl, mm-hmm. no matter what bowl it is. But in these games, these two games in particular, there's no such thing as a motivation edge. Cincinnati wants this as bad as Alabama does, and sure, uh, Georgia wants this as bad as Michigan, and vice versa. So this is purely at, at this point in the season on who's got better players, who's got better coaches, who's going to come up with a better game plan. And you might think, you know what, I think Luke Fickle's a pretty good coach. I think you give him six weeks, he could come up with a great plan. And that's possible. It is possible. And
2: they played very well when they played the better competition. You could make the case Cincinnati, the games they've struggled in, certainly against the spread, was against the lesser competition this year.
0: Yeah. But then you can go back to last year undefeated until they got to got to get in there with Georgia and mm-hmm. they lose that game the year before. I mean, they, they were running hot and they ran into uh, in the AAC championship game, just got crushed by Memphis. Everybody thought they were the they were the team. No, mm-hmm. no, they weren't. So uh, it's 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 real simple to say, well, the better teams, better coaches are going to win. But now you start to think, well, 13 and a half points. If if we said if if the numbers were what my power rankings thought they should be, my power ratings said ten, ten and a half, maybe ten and a half. And again, I'm lower than most on Cincinnati. And I said, okay, that's the number. Now I just have to decide do I think that Alabama has better players and coaches, they're gonna be more prepared than this number says? That'd be easy.
2: You know, a good rule of thumb, pulling back the curtain, and this is the starting point for pros that bet for a living. I bet for a living is you have your power ratings and you take the difference and you uh, adjust for any situational or home field. But bottom line is you start with the power ratings. And you cannot bet on Alabama in this game because the power ratings are are going to land you in such a, a lower number. It is really a stretch to say Alabama minus 13.5 can have value when the every almost everyone's power ratings make the game more like 10.5. And then...
0: <sighs> It's it's tough also because at the beginning of the season, you've got numbers on Georgia and, and and Alabama, and you could have said, "Well, this these these teams we expected to be there." Your number on Michigan and Cincinnati has changed so much as the season's gone on. Particularly Michigan, Michigan and Cincinnati were both a hundred to one to win the national championship coming into this season, a hundred to one.
2: You know what's amazing about that is you're like, wow, if you bet Cincinnati, think about how much money you can make at 100-to-1. Turns out not that much.
0: No. And
2: Cincinnati's got about a 3% chance right now to win the national championship. So you hear that all the time. People are like, bet all these 100-to-1s, and then you can you can do all kinds of things with it and hedge, hedge a profit. Well, yeah, you can hedge a profit, but you'd be shocked how small a profit it will be for a 100-to-1 1 ticket.
0: One of my best uh, – I don't bet the NBA, but – Years ago, I said, it, This was at, when LeBron James was leaving the Heat. I said, I think he's going to go back to Cleveland. And I bought a ticket before they announced that he was going to Cleveland. I bought a ticket on the Cavs at 35 to 1 to win the NBA title. Mm-hmm. And like two days later, LeBron James resigns with the Cavaliers. I'm like, Yes! And then it gets to the finals, and they're playing the Warriors. And I said, "This ticket is useless. <laughs> like, it's great that I had like all this value at thirty-five to one, not worth mm. anything at this point." What was the money line? Remind
2: me on that. Uh, uh, on that series. I
0: don't even remember. I, I mean, I, I hedged out enough to basically yeah. like double what I put into it, but it was—I mean, one thirty-five to one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was so. It, you could be excited. You've got a Cincinnati hundred to one ticket. I mean, that's nice.
2: And I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna re- do a reveal here. People are going to get angry at me for this because it's good radio to talk about who's going to win championships. And when March Madness comes around, everyone's going to be like, oh, there's such great value, and they're going to throw out a team on the come that can be a four seed. And they're like, I got them 60 to one. You know, the true odds for a four seed should be more like 200 to one. I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you just bet them on the money line each and every game in the tournament, and you start with a dollar... On a four seed, you'd wind up with like two hundred dollars by the end of the tournament. So the the you are so short paid on all those futures. Now, I'm not saying there aren't pros that don't win betting these, but you know how they win? They win because they've got Gonzaga at eleven to one, not at five to one. At eleven to one, and they got they went ahead and made really good bets against openers, or when a team's um direction changes dramatically and they're the first ones to notice it. <laughs>
0: And you could have had Georgia preseason ten to one. That's a good number. That's good value. And there, you there. If you had a Georgia ten to one ticket today, there's no way you wouldn't make money off yeah, of it. Because
2: Georgia probably wins it all, just over right around forty percent.
0: I think that's probably fair. I, and honest, I mean, it may be even more than. I think them in Alabama have almost a, a coin flip of a chance. Yeah. And. I don't think so. I think Alabama is a much better team. Because they play a weaker team in the f- Because
2: they get such an easier draw. And I'm still not convinced that Georgia's going to be the favorite in the finals. It all depends how good these teams look in the semis.
0: Let's talk about that game, the Georgia Michigan game. Georgia minus seven and a half. And that is in the Orange Bowl. And if you heard yesterday's show, we were talking about how there's not really any transparency about COVID right now in college football college athletics in general. And Jim Harbaugh today he made my point clear. And yesterday I said you cannot bet these games like you know everything because you don't. Do not go up to the counter and say I am I'm 100% confident in my handicap because I'm telling you right now stuff's going to change on you. And today Daxton Hill uh, a reporter asked Jim Harbaugh about Daxton Hill, who is an All Big Ten first-team safety, very good defensive player, sophomore. Uh, believe he's draft eligible, but I, I I don't know that he's like announced. A lot of these guys don't say anything because they're in the playoff. They're not.
2: Would good. he be worth like three quarters of a point? It's hard like for that. me to
0: tell on on a defensive guy, but I mean, I mean, Michigan's defense is very, very. Mm-hmm. It, that's what they are, you know. So he's an important piece. And the reporter says, What's the status of Daxton Hill? And Jim says, You know, it, it's kind of up in the air right now. Uh, we're probably going to know more about his status tomorrow. Whereabouts unknown. Hmm. And then you start thinking about that. Well, tomorrow's game day, Jim. <laughs> like, we're going to know more about his status on game day.
2: Hopefully. Okay. Maybe <laughs> we should just call the hotel and ask for dude's name. Well see if he picks up. Here's <laughs>
0: what <laughs> happened next. The reporter said, Well, is is Daxton here in Florida? <laughs> and Jim said, you know, I'm not gonna get into that stuff. He, we'll find we'll find out more about him tomorrow. <laughs> and then it turns out, like after some reporting, Daxton Hill's not in Florida. Like he's not even there. And Jim Harbaugh's talking about, yeah, we'll make a decision tomorrow. Well, Okay, uh, that, it just doesn't – now listen, th- the likelihood that he's going to play tomorrow, I would – if I were a betting man, uh, I would say is about 80% not playing. If he could play, he'd be he'd there. He'd be there, yes. And I get that you want to keep your guys back at home where protocols are a little, little more lax. You don't have to you know, quarantine a guy in his hotel room if you don't have to. I get that. But – you're going to fly him down game day and say, hey, suit up. And this is a Michigan player, and there's been all kinds of talk about Georgia
2: what's going on with Georgia and their yeah. COVID issues. And that's just, that is news that may
0: well be breaking tomorrow. We'll see. And now we've seen, uh, if you look at uh, the consensus line right now, is still seven and a half, but there's juice to it. It's minus 105 if, if you want uh, Michigan. So we could see a, a flat seven. I, and so obviously this news isn't affecting so it. So
2: the juice is actually higher on Michigan. Yes. So yeah, you have to, you pay Michigan, more- you got to pay more than a dollar 10 in some spots. It's Georgia. They're giving you a, the, the, the bookmakers are giving you a bargain yes. on, on Georgia. So what that, the leading indicator books are saying, it's more likely, much more likely this line will go to seven tomorrow than to go up. So if you were going to bet Georgia, there's no reason to bet Georgia wait. right now at my seven and a half, you may well get a better number.
0: Well, and based on what I just told you, there's no reason to bet Michigan right now. I mean, if, if if it's just this guy that they happen to ask directly about this player, what else are they not telling you? Because we just we saw it yesterday. Mike Leach didn't tell anybody a word. It was totally mum that they had any issues. So we talk about
2: waiting until well, wait right until kickoff, so we know who's playing. Well, that didn't work with um, the Texas Tech-Mississippi nope. State game because even a kickoff you didn't know until the first series for both teams.
0: So this is it, it puts you in a tough spot if you're a pregame better. If you bet before kickoff – now, if you, it puts you in maybe an advantageous spot if you're an in-game better. But these are things that you've got to monitor closely because I, I don't think this is the last – and ju- this just happens to be one that was made public today. I would guess that there's similar things going on in that Alabama-Cincinnati game. I, I – I just don't know. There's no certainty on who's going to play anymore, which is wildly, wildly frustrating.
2: Let's face it, the professional teams are unable to field a team of eight players right now.
0: Yeah. In the NBA. So that, that's happening with the, the Nuggets. They can't play against the Warriors because they don't have eight players. Hmm. A third of NBA refs are in COVID protocol right now. It's out of control, man. And, yeah, and, it, and if you,
2: everyone be safe out there. If you look at the numbers, we are at an all-time high. And just in terms, now hopefully the latest um, variant isn't as dangerous, but it's
0: still dangerous. Yeah. And so we'll we'll knock on wood. And well, even if it's it. not dangerous. It's it's screwing up sports. I can tell you no that. Doubt, no doubt. All right. We are going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to do today. What we normally do on Friday. And I don't know if, McKenzie, do you think this will still be the most popular segment of the week, even though RJ's not here? Uh,
2: across radio, no. I mean, across our show, no. Across radio, yes.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense in some sort of way. I don't know if it makes any sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense. It's just
2: going to be the best segment. I was McKenzie, trying to make McKenzie we feel will prove better.
0: You're wrong. Uh, but we will give you a nugget on every NFL game this week, give you some sort of. Uh, Something to think about before you push your money across the counter on these games. All that and more coming up next, but First Shred of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. Over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. I'm A.J. Hoffman. He is Steve Fezzik. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or
0: Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it one hundred. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. In just a minute, we're going to get into our most popular segment of the week where we go through every NFL game normally reserved for Fridays. We're going to give you a nugget on each game today on Thursday because Fezzik demanded that we take Friday off. And I said, you know, who am I to argue with the only two-time Super Contest champion? I'm no one. So uh, we will be doing that. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has more than doubled in the last year plus, and that's because of you spreading the word. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for "Straight Out of Vegas" here on the Strip. It is 56 degrees, and the neon is cloudy. Can cloudy? I, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen it before. But with the new fir- blacklight? Yeah, first time ever. <laughs> cloudy neon. All right, let's take a look at these NFL games, and let's start with the. Las Vegas Raiders, seven-point dogs to the Indianapolis Colts.
2: I can't help but think that the Raiders are overrated. I know they have a winning record. They've been outscored for the year by more than 70 points. Money came on the Raiders because of the Wentz COVID news and the like. You know, Indianapolis has been so good. They're the team no one wants to play. No doubt. This is Colts or, or no one in this
0: game. The Raiders have done a respectable job against the best run offenses that they've seen. If you go back and look at the box score when they played Philly, when they played Cleveland, they held their own. And if they can hold their, if they can hold Jonathan Taylor to a a human performance, then it's, it's, it's seven points is a lot in the NFL. So I, I'm with you. The Raiders at eight and seven, they're not good. But they are cockroaches. They keep hanging around. They're very hard to get rid of is (laughs) what it seems like. All right, let's take a look at the Chicago Bears, six-point favorites hosting the Giants. You know,
2: obviously you look at the Bears. Who are the Bears to be laying a touchdown to anyone? But then if you watch that Giants game against the Eagles last week, it was 3-3 at half. The Giants were terrible in both halves. The Eagles were just bad in the first half. I I got... I want nothing to do with these Giants. They're not playing for their coach right now. I'm passing the game.
0: Yeah, the Giants have—they've only covered once in the last six games. The spreads keep getting bigger, and now a team that I think is just barely better than them—six points. I just—I just can't get there with the Bears. The, the Giants were my third pick at when we when we did three picks each on the podcast. It, not a very strong opinion, but it, I think most of the lines this week are very sharp it's just uh, from a value standpoint, I don't think there's any way you can look at the bears and go, you know what? Six point favorites makes sense. They'll win by a touchdown. And I think it's very
2: key that you say the lines are sharp. The lines are sharp every week by Friday. It is extremely difficult to beat the NFL uh, when you're playing against lines that have been settled in for all the information. So the truth is uh, most pros, they might bet three or four games against the openers, but once the lines settle in, There's some pros they might not have a bet all week long after Thursday, for instance.
0: Tampa Bay, 13 point road favorites at the Jets. Boy, this seems too high to me, though. I'm waiting for 14. I probably
2: will bet the Jets at 13 or more at post. I like what I saw in the Jacksonville game in terms of the effort that the Jets were putting forth. They do have a home field. Unlike the Giants, and let's face it, Tampa, they got embarrassed. They got shut out by the Saints. So last week was the week for them to absolutely stomp on somebody, and they did. I could see Tampa content to win by 10 here.
0: The problem is the Jets had 273 rushing yards in that game against Jacksonville. I'll take under 273 this week against the Bucks defense. If they're forced to pass the ball, it could get ugly, and you, nobody runs on the Bucks. Nobody does. They, Prop people that, don't even try. Michael
2: Carter running back for the Jets. His receiving yard's over. I looked for it. It's not up yet. The backup running back for the Jets is out. Carter should get a whole lot of reception
0: yards. The only reason the like the Bucks don't have really any reason to play for margin. Their division is wrapped up. They've got a 2% chance to get the one seed. The only reason for margin is... Tom Brady MVP MVP votes. Yeah, I think currently
2: seven to one. Brady, Aaron Rodgers favored minus one seventy-five.
0: The Buffalo Bills, minus fourteen and a half, hosting the Falcons. The Bills are the
2: rare animal that looks to cover like a college team as a double-digit favorite. They've done this twice already, where they're running out the clock against Miami and Carolina, and they throw in the red zone with two minutes remaining to get the touchdown to cover the spread. Well, that's not a team I want to bet against when they're a double-digit favorite, so I'm going to pass on the Dome team going to Buffalo, New York in the late December.
0: The Bills have the best uh, scoring differential in the league, and all of their scoring differential comes against bad teams. The Falcons, the only teams worse than them in scoring differential are the Texans, the Jags, and the Jets. The Falcons, all of their negative scoring differential is against good teams. So this this has a very high blowout potential. You did mention going up to Buffalo. Falcons haven't played a game this year in sub-50-degree weather. Forecast for Sunday, high of 29, 60% chance of no, of snow, 15 to 25-mile-an-hour winds. I like the Falcons' team total under here in this game. Under 14 and Under 14-and-a-half. I think the Falcons have a hard time moving the football. Dallas, six-point favorites, up from five yesterday, hosting the Arizona Cardinals.
2: So Dallas Cowboys, a very public team. Defense playing very well. Dak, suddenly healthy. Dallas is twelve and three against the spread. So
0: when have you ever heard of a, a really public team going twelve and three against it's, the spread? It
2: almost never happens because there's an implied point spread tax on those teams, and so it's usually una- they're unable to get enough margin. But Dallas has been doing it. You know, I bet against Dallas last week. The Washington football team hurt my feelings, as did the Cowboys. I I'm not eager to make that same bet, but if I had to bet it, I would bet Arizona.
0: Saints minus six and a half hosting the Panthers. It's down from the other side of 7. It was seven and a half earlier in the week. I think
2: we're getting a little value with the Saints here because Ian Book can't play a lick, obviously. The the Sean Payton look on his face, I haven't seen a look like that after a pick-six since um, the the movie The Program where James (laughs) Caan saw his backup quarterback throw a pick-six and benched him immediately. Uh, I think it's it's probably a good spot for the Saints to get healthy again.
0: Remember, the Saints are the best-run defense in the league, and if you take away if you if the Saints are able to take away the run from the Panthers, now you're asking Sam Darnold to go win the football game. I, I don't want to have that ticket in my hand. That's I'm I'm no interest there. Philadelphia, minus three and a half at the football team.
2: The pros have been betting Washington. I'm gonna disagree with them. I'm probably gonna wait for it to go to three and look at Philly. And my handicap here is home field advantage. I think there will be one in this game. And it'll be for the Eagles. I think there'll be far more fans in the stands that are Eagles fans in this game. So if anything, a negative crowd noise, the advantage with the Eagles there.
0: This is the first time in about three weeks that the football team has a semblance of their real roster. They're getting a bunch of guys back from COVID and injury. uh, And the Eagles, Miles Sanders, this blew my mind, five and a half yards per carry, which ties him with Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb. So Miles Sanders, a factor out because of a hand injury. This That's not a, a small loss for the Eagles. I know how you feel about this one. It was your best bet yesterday. Kansas City, five-point favorites at the Bengals.
2: Right, so I'm getting the Bengals plus the five, and that's about what I would have made the game had it been on a neutral site. I think the home field is very real in the jungle for the Bengals. Having a, the first good year they've had in several years, I am on the Bengals.
0: Got to tell you guys, AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone fix finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Let's take a look at the biggest spread on the board this week. Minus 16.5. The Patriots laying 16.5 to the Jags.
2: I'll lean to the Jags,
0: but oh. I don't want
2: the rookie quarterback against the genius. And it's funny, we do a podcast, and on the Dream Pod, I talked about how angry I was at Trevor Lawrence when I saw him scampering. Scampering's the wrong word. M- motoring up the sideline against the Jets, looking faster than Josh Allen. I'm like, where has this been all year long? You've got that that ability to run the ball, and you just have chosen not to do it. That's not the quarterback I want to bet on. <laughs> I pass.
0: When you see the other big numbers on the board are, you know, Tampa minus 13, Buffalo 14 and a half. It's easy to picture those teams with their offenses getting big margin. The Patriots are not a team that you think of as like, they're going to run away and hide from you. They Like I could see them really beating up the Jags on offense, but sixteen and a half is a massive number to ask, uh, you know, from an offense that is mostly ground-based and short passing,
2: and a defense that can be vulnerable. Heck, your Houston Texans took it to this team for a half. Uh,
0: we're gonna we're gonna get to the, the rest of the games, but for, we got to see what's trending. And for that, let's go to the Fox Sports studios for Brian Finley. Hello, Brian.
1: From you, yes, a, a lot going on. We'll touch on the bowl game that's happening right now in just a moment. But Pro Football Hall of Fame announced it's 15 finalists for a day during that segment of practice, which is available to the media to check out Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown did not practice today. He's dealing with an ankle injury with Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson also dealing with an ankle problem that sidelined him from practice, but his backup QB and Tyler Huntley was activated off the COVID list. The Chargers did the same thing for their wide receiver Mike Williams. Tonight's Warriors Nuggets game has been called off because of COVID issues within Denver. They do not have the suitable and required eight available players. Also, the Raptors are going to limit home game attendance to 1,000 people for at least the next three weeks to honor the province's COVID-19 guidelines. The Knicks put Julius Randle in COVID protocols. And then speaking of the college bowl games going on right now, there's one, and it is really a, a tight ball game. The Music City Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee, has taken the lead back from Purdue 31-30 to a couple minutes into the fourth quarter. And false quarterback Hendon Hooker has three touchdowns and 285 yards passing. And then from earlier, the South Carolina Gamecocks won the Duke's Mayo Bowl over North Carolina 38-21. to And after the game, Gamecock head coach Shane Beamer was doused with about four and a half gallons of mayonnaise. Who wouldn't want that? I know A.J. And, and Steve wouldn't mind that as I sent it back to you guys. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's Steve Fezzik. And Steve actually did take a mayonnaise
0: bath today. That's a little known fact. I don't know how Brian knew that. It's kind of odd. It's got a little weird, but... You do do what makes you happy. I hate mayo. Like the
2: Fonz hate, hates liver. Really? I hate mayo. Yeah.
0: My son, he won't eat if it's got if it had mayo on it. He won't eat it. Mm. Uh, I, I don't care. Uh, all right, let's get back into these games. The L.A. Chargers, six and a half point favorites, hosting the Broncos, coming off that loss, outright loss as a double digit favorite.
2: You know, I hate Drew Locke. Also, I absolutely <laughs> cannot endorse any bet. You know, plus three in turnovers against the Raiders last week. Raiders go ahead and give Denver a touchdown at the end of the first half when they could have just taken a knee at the end. And yet the Raiders still beat the Broncos. No, the Broncos beat themselves. Um, I I can't endorse any wagers on Denver with Locke.
0: I, I'm with you. Uh, my, my entire handicap on the Raiders game last week was Drew Locke's playing quarterback bet against him. But the Chargers, who I thought, well, the Chargers, their run defense is bad, but... The Texans can't run on the Chargers. The Texans ran wild on the Chargers. And now you've got a Denver team that wants to run the ball and is capable of running the ball. The Chargers need this game desperately. I just don't know that they're capable of doing what they need to do to to hold this team off, to hold these Broncos off. So it's it's a no way I'm playing this thing for me uh, because I, I also refuse to invest money in Drew Locke. McKenzie, San Francisco 49ers, 12.5-point favorites, hosting the Texans. Jimmy Garoppolo, apparently, his hand is falling off. He's got a uh, mallet finger. I don't know. I don't think he's got mallet finger. He's got some other finger issue. The line doesn't seem to think it's going to affect him at all. You know,
2: I just had an epiphany. Obviously, I want no part of the Niners. They should just run the ball, get out of judge, sure. and – they're not going to be able to cover double digits. Mackenzie, you were supposed to play against he did. San Francisco. And this game, you see, he's already Last played? week, he did. Oh, he did already? Well, this is the week <laughs> to play against San Francisco. Um, I absolutely can endorse double digits with the dog here.
0: Yeah, I. the Texans have been feisty lately, but they are still a, a bottom three roster in the league. And a team like that can show up and, and lay an absolute goose egg at any given moment. The 49ers actually playing for something, it's a stay away for me. As is this one the Seattle Seahawks, seven point favorites hosting the Lions. Who's got the motivation edge here, Fez? Well,
2: the Lions have the motivation do they? edge. So all the Lions do is play hard and bite kneecaps and and try the best for their coach. And I don't, I question Seattle's motivation, especially after giving that game away from the Bears. I could only look Lions.
0: A lot of things different about the Seahawks this year. Historically, the Seahawks aren't a team that blows out anybody. They play a bunch of close games. Three of their five wins this season have come by double digits. They've beat up on some bad teams. And the Seahawks, Russell Wilson in particular, captain comeback. He was was a guy, if you were tied or down in the fourth quarter, Russ was going to bring you back. In those situations this year, 0-9 when tied or trailing in the fourth quarter. So much for clutch. Russ not having it. So his reputation being sullied by this season. It's a pass for me. Rams minus four and a half at the Ravens up from three and a half. And on the pod, the Rams were my best bet this week. I, I liked Rams minus three and a half, my best bet yesterday. And the the news yesterday was Lamar Jackson's at practice. And then you saw some video of Lamar and it was like, what are you doing at practice, Lamar Jackson? You're He's out there limping around. It's no business being out there today. Not at practice at all. Line moves to four and a half. But here's the deal. I don't know that Lamar Jackson, the, this ver- this hobbled version of Lamar Jackson, is any sort of a – like there's a downgrade to Tyler Huntley. And most of my – the reason why I like the Rams here is because the Ravens are so decimated Secondary. on the defensive side of the Got ball. God
2: completely – we saw Burrow throw for 500. And even a Stafford that's having a down year versus expectations, you know, Cooper Cup's probably going to go. He's, he's going to look to set the pass reception yards. You know, Cup over like 118 yards or whatever his number will be has to be a good wager
0: here. Matt Stafford threw three interceptions last week and the Rams still covered against a team that needed this game desperately. Doesn't matter. Like They're, they're able to move the ball. I think they're going to move the ball at will against this Ravens team. Uh, The Green Bay Packers, Sunday night football, seven-point favorites hosting the Vikings.
2: I'm not going to talk about the seven points. I'm going to talk about the seven degrees that Mm. this game is going to be played on. So – you got Kirk Cousins, who is terrible in prime time. Jonas Knox is the first one to discover this. Then RJ and McKenzie jumped aboard. So I want to bet props against Kirk Cousins for, like, passing yards, touchdown passes, and with bad weather, I think I just want to look for, like, all kinds of props, like longest field goal under 46-and-a-half, and, a half and um, you know, Cousins to struggle, and maybe Rodgers to go under. I think Green Bay will run the ball a whole lot in the frozen tundra.
0: All right, we got best bets still to come. But first, AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. Over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, AutoZone. I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's Steve Fezzik. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox
1: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR
0: to listen live. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is straight out of Vegas. All right, let's take a look at the rest. Uh, well, I guess we got through all the games, so we've all we've got left is is best bets, and there are a couple bowl games to go tonight. You're going to have Pittsburgh versus Michigan State. The corpse of Pittsburgh, I don't know, even like – and I guess the corpse of Michigan State as well. Apparently
2: the corpse of Michigan State is better because they're up to a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, all the money on
0: Sparty today. Yeah, no walker for Michigan State, no Pickett for for Pittsburgh. So these are not – it's kind of like the Oklahoma-Oregon game last night. I said it's Oklahoma's uniforms versus Oregon's mm-hmm. uniforms. These are not – the. that's not these teams. So – um Buyer beware, I guess. And then Arizona State and Wisconsin in the nightcap. Money's pushed heavy onto the Badgers. Uh, that game was six this morning. Now I think on the other side of seven. So uh, lots of money coming in there. I'm going to give a best bet for a game tomorrow, and it's going to be one of the college football playoff games. We talked a lot about the the Alabama Cincinnati line and how you can make a great case for both sides. And I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna pass. I'm gonna watch that game um but georgia i think there is some value in this game and i'm going to go over 26 and a half points for georgia's team total in this game georgia went out and got embarrassed they they were humiliated by alabama i don't think michigan has the the capability of doing to them what they did to ohio state and just beating them up up front and and getting after the quarterback all day being in the backfield. Georgia is a better version of Michigan. I don't know how high how high the scoring is going to get in this game. I know that Georgia is going to get theirs. I don't want to bet the full game over because I think Georgia could completely shut down Michigan. So, Georgia over 26 and a half points for the team total will be my bet on the college football playoffs. Outstanding. You have a unique best bet. Uh, so I wanted to give you a little, give it some room to breathe. Go ahead and explain what you've got. And it's in the last game that we didn't discuss on the board.
2: It is my parlay of the year, my NFL parlay. Why am I playing a parlay? You should only play parlays tradition, usually when there is a correlation parlays are meant to, to because you got to win two bets. So what do I mean by correlation? If the first leg of your parlay wins, then your second leg has a much better chance of winning, and I have an ideal correlated parlay. So this week I'm playing Tennessee on the money line, minus 170 against Miami. That's not a straight bet. Do not play this as a straight bet. You need to parlay this with a Week 18 line, and the Week 18 line is Kansas City minus three at Denver. Why is this correlated? Well, if Tennessee wins this week, then Kansas City will need to win week 18 to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. If Tennessee lost this game, we might see nothing but backups for Kansas City. They could be an eight-point underdog at Denver. But as long as Kansas City needs this game at Denver, Kansas City is going to be laying like seven and a half in this game. So to summarize, two-team parlay this week, Tennessee minus 170 against Miami, money line, parlayed to Kansas City week 18, Minus three at Denver, pays just under, two to one. It is my NFL parlay of the year.
0: And like you said, if, if Tennessee wins this week, Kansas City, they, they're going to want to play, and this line will skyrocket.
2: Absolutely, because the, the odds makers right now are dealing a very low line because there's a chance that this game will be meaningless
0: to Kansas City.
2: Should Tennessee lose? Absolutely. All
0: right. AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service with over 5,600 locations nationwide. AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We'll be back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Happy New everybody.